On today's show, I'm going to be talking with Deej. He has got a new song out called Letter to My Past. has some deep meaning to that. I want to explore what inspired it and much more. So welcome to the show, Deej. Thank you. You know, I appreciate being on the platform. I appreciate you guys, you know, wanting to talk to me. So I love to get deeper into um, the reason for Letters to My Past. Well, in Letter to My Past, the video, it's a lyric video, so it really lets you get into the words. And it seems like you're making a real statement, especially with relationships. Yeah, definitely. Um, the real reason I made this song was just explaining modern dating and just explaining um, not just only my past, but I'm really big with relating to not only people that listen to my music, but just people in general. So. I wanted people to be able to grasp that from the first listen. Like, okay, like it's a catchy song. I like it, but I have been in this situation where, oh, I I know where he's coming from. Mm -hmm. Well, what I'm getting out of it is, you know, say you're dating a woman and she's feeling like you're not spending enough time on her because you want to spend it on your music. And, and it seems like you're saying it's okay to take time on your business and yourself. You know, you have to make those decisions of maybe it's my time right now. Yeah, definitely. It's all about balance at the end of the day. I think a lot of people, we get wrapped up in infatuation and just being comfortable within relationships, which is fine. You should definitely be comfortable with the person that you're with. But I know personally for me, I still want to bring way more value to the world, so do stuff like that. So the person that's going to be with me has to realize that I'm always going to save time, always spend time with them, but there's a time and a place for when I have to work and when I have to have, you know, actual love and support for that person. I always like to have a balance, but it's just something that comes with being with me. And I think that's what a lot of, I think people in general, not just men, like all genders have to deal with. Mm -hmm. So when the women in your life heard this song, what was their reaction? Um, it wasn't anything crazy, you know. Um, they, I think, I think a lot of people enjoy the music, you know, especially just looking at the fact that like they understand, like um, a lot of times, especially with men, you know, we 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 have a lot of stuff that has to do with a purpose, and I think a lot of people, especially women, they respect a guy that you know is going after something they love, going after something they support, but they're also stating that they still have love and support for somebody. I wanted to make sure in the song, I'm not just, you know, closing off my feelings on somebody that I care for, but I have to be honest. I have to be direct, like, I love you, this and that, but you have to understand that I've been doing this music for years. This is something I've been channeling to do for years. Now, you also have like an uncle and a cousin who are in the, the rap and hip hop scene. Mm -hmm. So uh, uh, how are they influenced on you? Man, shout out to both of them, Evan and Sean. You know, I remember uh, just being younger and my, my uncle Sean pretty much was like, yeah, Yo, you want to go to the studio? I was like, cool. I recorded two songs. I, I don't listen back to them to this day because it, it was terrible. But just the fact that they were putting me in those situations where learning about the studio, learning about what it is to be an artist, even though this was years ago, it opened my eyes and made me kind of more motivated to do it now because I'm not only doing it for myself, I'm doing it for family and other people that had that idea of doing it. So it's not just, oh, I'm just doing this because 
I want money, fame, yeah, yeah. I'm doing this for other people that love the music as well. Mm-hmm. Now, where'd you grow up? So I grew up, uh, I was born in Marlton, New Jersey, so in South Jersey, but um, I've been living in Lumberton, New Jersey all my life. So I was around the Burlington County area. Um, with the school down here, I, I pretty much spent my, spent my time in Jersey. So Jersey is a big part of um, what I represent as an artist as well. Yeah, a lot of good music comes out of Jersey. It seems like there'd be a lot of people to collaborate with. I mean, how, how much do you collaborate outside your inner circle? You know, it's funny you say that because I know personally, I have my own team of artists right now called Everything Neon. So I've been doing a lot of collabs just within my group. But since the rise and since as much as I've been working on my own brand, I'm now trying to branch off to working with new artists in Jersey, even Philly and New York, because that's very, you know, close to my demographic anyway. So I'm actually planning to work with a lot more of the talent that's kind of nearby instead of just staying in my own inner circle. Mm hmm. Well, what's your criteria when you want to work with someone? Are you willing to work with someone who's newer or do you want to work with someone who already comes with a following? So the way I look at it is, you know, I would love to say, yeah, I want to work with a bigger artist, I want to work with somebody with, you know, the clout, somebody that's more popping. But in all honesty, if I trust in that person's talent or I know we can make something great, the follower account and all that clout stuff, it, I mean, it's cool. Like, yeah, I would love to have a song with somebody with 100K followers, but it don't matter if the song sucks. That's the way I look at it. So I'd rather work with somebody that I know is either going to compliment my sound or we can at least make a great marketing scheme to where the, the song is that good that we can market it to make it help both of us at the end. Mm -hmm. Well, what's your strategy to get a song out nowadays? I mean, you did a lyric video. Mm -hmm. Are you going to be supporting this with some live appearances? Yeah, like, you know, like as of right now, you know, just getting on to different shows, doing small interviews. I have, I have a good amount of magazine articles written up about the release of the song. And, and, it, and, you know, in the past, before I did a lot of the um, articles and interviews and everything, the way I just marketed was just, you know, through different ads, through social media, and then just posting on social media. Because at the end of the day, music fades out fast, but the more that you're pushing it out and the more that you're putting it out to the people, that song that could have came out a year ago could be new to somebody tomorrow. So I'm really big on posting your stuff and posting videos, reactions, you know, doing whatever to kind of show that the song has longevity other than, oh, I just dropped the song on Apple, SoundCloud, Spotify, stream it. I want to have more value than that. Mm -hmm. Have you had many opportunities to perform live? Have you like done any shows or festivals? So funny enough, I've done shows in the past, but um, not last Saturday, but Saturday before I just had my, my first festival. With, with the label, with, with, with on Blue Collar. So literally ever since I've been with them, you know, they, they put me in the right direction to get better shows, better opportunities. And, you know, I'm, I'm planning for way more shows after how great the turnout was last time. So this is like a show where all the other artists on the Blue Collar label perform? Correct. So it was really just like a showcase of just showing, because like, People know about us being on Blue Collar, but that was the first time that like people saw it in person. Like they saw the they saw the energy for themselves, and I honestly it's probably my favorite moments because I we basically went out there and showed why Blue Collar trusted in us as artists. 
I've interviewed a few other artists from Blue Collar. Mm-hmm. So who are the who are the ones that played at this live performance? So the only ones that 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 played was um, Pesh Millie, and then um, mm-hmm. and then and we had Miles Jai, who's kind of associated with the label, but you know he's part of Gorilla Apocalypse. That's part of our label as well. So he had his own set too. So that was the main people that performed at the festival. Oh, nice! I interviewed Pesh Millie a while back. Mm-hmm. So it seems like you have a real growing stable of artists on blue collar yeah no and i think the best part about blue collar is you know a lot of times you have labels and like there's so many artists that you're probably not listening to every artist's music i'm listening to isn't i'm listening to pesh i'm listening to gorilla apocalypse i'm listening to all of them on my own spare time too and they've said they didn't that they that now they've done the same for me so the fact that we're kind of all a fan of each other's music makes us feel even more genuine as a collective mm-hmm well, another thing I was reading in your bio, very family oriented. You've got, you know, inspiration from your uncle and your cousin, you know, who are in the biz, but it seems like you had a real bond with your grandfather mm-hmm. and that he was a really big fan of your music. Yeah, I remember, you know, you know, when when he was on this earth, my grandfather, literally I'll be going to your studio sessions. I was young, still trying to figure out what I wanted to do in music, wasn't confident. And literally every time I told him I was going to the studio, he would say, play it for me. And he would sit there and listen, regardless of it's a, if it's a whole album or if it's just like a, like a song or two I did in the studio, he would sit there and listen. And I made the promise with him, you know, that whether, you know, he was here or not, like, he's going to see me grow within music. So our, our whole family holds him to a high regard, but it was just something about me and his relationship just since I was younger till now that, you know, I really hold him to a high standard regardless, you know, how many years it's been. What was the best life advice he ever gave you? <laughs> you know, it, 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 just, it wasn't even advice. It was just one thing that he would always ask is because um, I was really big into sports when I was younger, you know, playing AAU basketball, travel basketball, running track. I did a lot of sports when I was younger. And then, it's not really advice, but he would always just ask me, like, you know, how, how your knees feeling? You're doing a lot. And I never understood as a kid. I'm like, I'm fine. Like, I'm not injured, yada, yada. But he always asked me that because he always wanted to make sure that my health was on the forefront of everything. He knew how hardworking I was. And he knows that the way I work, I will consistently work and not take breaks. So he always made sure to ask me, like, are you taking your breaks? Are you, are you giving yourself a time to rest? Like, are you making sure that your body is healed to keep working? And I've kind of held on to that ever since. Like, even though I still work as hard, maybe a little bit harder than I used to, I still try to take the mental breaks, the physical breaks, because I know that that's something he would ask me to do literally 24-7. So how does that discipline you learned from sports help you in your music career? It disciplines you a lot because you got to think with sports, the reason why sports really helped me into my work ethic now is because back then, a lot of the sports are, are team-oriented. So if you're not working on your craft, you're holding other people back. So imagine we having basketball practices, and I'm not practicing my shot. I'm not practicing my dribble skills. And then we go to an AAU tournament, and then we lose. I'm going to sit back and think, okay, even though it's a team sport, did I do everything in my power to be better for my team? 
If the answer is no, then I have to take myself, I have to hold myself accountable for that. Same way with music. Like right now I'm with a team now. So of course there's different artists, but I need to be putting in my leverage to help not only myself, but also the team that trusted in me. So you learn about team work, you just learn about being disciplined all through sports because I was learning it literally I was I was very young playing football and playing basketball till now. So it's always been instilled in me for as long as I've been alive. You're the kind of person that you always have to be involved with the project. <laughs> yeah, I'm <laughs> I'm very hands on. Um I'm trying to learn as I grow older to trust in people that had the expertise in things because I'm the type of person where, okay, I'll make the beat, I'll mix the song, I'll do the cover art, I'll do the marketing. Like, granted, that's a beautiful thing, but it's just not, it's just not possible to do it for everything, you know. People are made to have expertise in certain areas, so I'm trying my best to still be, you know, still do stuff that I want, still be proactive in my talents because I'm very versatile. But if I know that, like, for example, one well, of my producers, Grizz, Grizz Fair, shout out to him. He has a beat that he made that, hey, I wanted to make it, but he just did it so great that I'm grateful that he gave me the beat. I could have just said, oh, I'll just recreate the beat and make it my own, but I trusted in his vision and he gave me a great song out of it. So it's all about trusting in who you have with you and trusting in your team at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. Well... You got some really special help on the music video. It's, you know, the lyric video, but there's some really prominent Polaroid photographs in it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, when it comes to the Polaroids, shout out to my photographer, Malik. Um, listen, he's he's probably one of, my, one of my closest friends, I would say, at this point. And I just remember back at when I was going to Widener University and I just started Everything Neon, I told him, I said, I want you as the photographer of the group. So he would have his Polaroid camera. We'd be recording in my apartment. He would just be taking all these different photos and stuff. And we just had them. And I told him, one day I'm going to use them, whether it's for a video, a concert, documentary, whatever. I'm using those Polaroids for something. And then when Lyric Vids came to me about an idea for a Lyric video, I said, it's the perfect pick. You know, Polaroids, past, letter to my past. It, it just, the pieces felt the pieces just fell together quite nicely. And I'm proud to say that I had one of my brothers actually help me with that instead of just, you know, spending extra money on someone else to do it for me. And I had someone that I really trusted for years kind of help me towards my video. Mm -hmm. Well, if you could talk to yourself in the past, you know, say five years ago, what would you tell yourself? Man, I would tell myself, stop overthinking. Um, that's still an issue I deal with to this day. I overthink, I always think like, you know, what if I did that or what if, like, I'm too young and I was definitely too young then to be thinking what if, like, it's all about taking risk in life and if you're going to sit back and think what if, you might lose your opportunity. So I'm blessed to say that I didn't lose an opportunity, I gained an opportunity by putting myself out there instead of overthinking. So that's, that's the first thing I would tell myself because I had talent back then, I just, didn't realize the untapped potential. So that'd be the first thing. So I know you've been putting stuff out at least since 2019. Mm -hmm. uh, you did a single called Hasta Luego. Mm -hmm. So like, how have you progressed since then? 
personally, the way I progressed from that song was that was, so I've been putting on music for years, but that was like my first ever song on Apple and Spotify. And I always told myself, yeah, SoundCloud's cool, YouTube's cool, but once I put music out on Spotify and Apple, I have to keep progressing after each upload. So Asa Luego was literally just showing like, okay, you know, he has talent, but is he good enough? So I went from there and I started dropping songs literally like once a month. So boom, a song here, a song here, a song here. And I've had people literally DM me and message me and say, hey, like, I like the song Asa Luego, but I just saw growth through each release and each time you got better. So when I look at that song, I look at it as like that was the start of something big. That was the start of like having confidence and realizing like, all right, like for you to gain a fan base, you got to put yourself out there. So what is the interaction like with your fans? Do they hang out, stay on like Instagram or like where do they communicate with you? So the goal right now is I want to really make it very, you know, I want I don't want to limit myself to one platform. But as of right now, I say like my biggest engagement is Instagram. And that's just from the simple fact that, you know, I promote a lot on Instagram. I promote a lot of my stuff. Instagram gives me the it gives me the access to be able to post quick stories, to be able to interact with people. But I can also post, you know, big announcements, big feed stuff, you know, video releases. I could do a lot with Instagram that, you know, I probably could do on other platforms, but I always started with, with Instagram, so I would say that's my biggest space when it comes to engagement with other people. Mm-hmm. And how about on YouTube now that you have, you know, this new video? Like mm-hmm. what's the what's the best response you've had to that so far? So the best response I had was people finding out that I made the beat and the song, you know. People love to hear good songs. But let's face it, you know, there's a lot of talented songwriters, a lot of talented people that make songs, even a lot of talented producers. But I think a lot of people grew a different respect for me when they found out, oh, wait, he produced the beat and he wrote the song and he performed it well. And there's a lot of people that could do that, but there's also a lot of people that can't do that. So that puts me in a different level, I would say, than a lot of people in my niche personally mm-hmm. and how is creating the music different than the lyrics like what do you get out of creating music that's different than when you write the song so that kind of that kind of stems from just my songwriting process you know i used to be able to write in my notebook write a bunch of hooks write a bunch of verses and then find a beat on youtube and just build around it now it really stems from how the beat is you know i got to build the beat out or have a producer build the beat out and I write from that because I feel like music is all about frequency and it's all about what you get from it, from the initial reaction. So that's how I write. I don't really write from, okay, I have no beat right now. It's the middle of the night. Like I, I can do that per se, but my ideal way of writing is, okay, this beat made me feel this way or this vibe made me feel that way. And I'm going to write to it and I'm going to explain how I feel when I hear this sound. Mm-hmm. Well, that ties into something I was reading, commenting on your song, saying that your passions aren't toxic or selfish. They're a natural human necessity. So I'm just wondering, you know, when you're wrapped up in your music and it appears to people around you, oh, he's ignoring us. He's, you know, he's, (laughs) you know, just, just about his thing for now. And 
How do yeah. you come to terms with that to say, you know what? I'm working on my career. I have to miss out on a lot of stuff right now. See, I, that's probably one of the biggest things I had to deal with as a person because a lot of people know me for years. I've always been someone who puts other, like I've always put other people first. You know, I like to make sure the people around me, the people I love and care about, even people that I might have just met, if I have like respect for them, I try to help them as much as I can. But to what you're saying right here, like I had to have genuine conversations with people. Like I had to tell even my boys that I make music with, I had to tell them, I said, listen, I'll be real. Like, if y'all need me to mix, produce, all this other stuff, I definitely got you. But right now, what I have comes first. And it's not even to be selfish, but at the end of the day, it's like you have to find that balance, that balance I was talking about earlier. So. A lot of times when I explain to people, I try to be direct and upfront from the, from the jump. I just say, hey, listen, like, I'm going to do what I can to provide what I need to for you and, like, and, like do the best I can. But there's going to be a time and a place. And, you know, people, people have respected it. People have said that's just not for them. And, you know, it's okay. I can't, I can't force everybody to understand my ideology and understand, like, why I make music. All I could do is just, you know, the people that understand it and people that get it, you know, they receive a lot of the love and respect I have. We have a lot of distractions nowadays. Social media, mm -hmm. video games, cable TV. What was the hardest thing for you to give up or to say, hey, if I'm going to do my music, I have to free up some time? <laughs> the biggest distraction, I still go through it to this day. Um, literally social media and YouTube. Um, what, what I used to deal with is like, I, I would notice like I'd be swiping on, on Instagram and like looking through stories all day and I'll look, I'm like, two hours just passed. Like that's, that's ridiculous. I could have spent that two hours on something way more sufficient. So what I'll kind of do to, you know, go against that is I'll, I'll wake up, work out early in the morning, do a lot of stuff that, you know, is going to benefit me and then i save that time for later so like i'll just choose to go on instagram and go on youtube a little bit later or i'll also change the type of media i'm consuming because if you're just consuming stuff that's not going to benefit you at all and you're sitting on there scrolling and swiping for hours you're not getting anything out of that so at least if i am scrolling or i am watching videos on youtube i'm at least taking the time to choose content that's actually either going to educate me or at least give me some some enhancement in my life mm -hmm. so what are some of the good distractions you have when you want to relax you know chill out get refreshed um a great distraction for me personally is just it's just, it's just pretty much going outside you know with, with a lot that's going on in the world and like especially you know what's been happening the last few years like you know, we didn't have that blessing to just go outside. You didn't have the blessing to just be able to go in your car and then travel somewhere and, you know, actually be safe to go out there. So now that, I mean, obviously, you know, it's still stuff in the, you know, it's still stuff that's going around. Like, you know, it's not perfect, but I take the time now to like, if I can, or like, you know, if it's safe to, I try to at least go places with friends, you know, actually experience stuff because with social media you get caught up in watching other people's experiences but not experiencing anything for yourself i could see someone you know travel on a yacht 
you know, I'm just like, well, why can't I do that? Mm-hmm. You said something earlier about, you know, why didn't you just, you know, dive in rather than overthink it mm-hmm. you know, with your career? But how does that also apply to other parts of your life, like relationships? You know, because in, in this song, you're you're dissecting your relationships and thinking, well, I'm going to hold off on this. Mm-hmm. But do you think like your generation is also holding off too long on relationships? You know, wow, that's 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 a great question, because this is so what, what makes Letters to My Past a great song, in my opinion, is because a lot of times as humans, we have a lot of ideologies that, you know, they seem great on paper, but, you know, they also come with, you know, contradictions, like, 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 like basically can contradict a point. And I think with Letters to My Past, I could truly admit, like, you know, you could say in a way that even though it's great to choose your passions and great to choose your dream, you could see that as like, okay, you're also blocking your blessings to be with a good person in your life. So I can definitely agree that a lot of times in dating nowadays, a lot of people are very reluctant to date. A lot of people are very reluctant to settle down. And that can be a gift and a curse. And, you know, that well, that's a great question because I do think that the whole overarching idea of like what if or like, you know, always putting something off, it can hurt the dating market nowadays. What do you think your grandfather would say about the modern dating scene? <laughs> he probably he probably wouldn't get it, you know. It's hard to explain the dating the dating market nowadays until you're really submerged into it. Because you gotta think, when he was dating, there wasn't an Instagram, there wasn't a Twitter, like the fact that you can find love from a whole different country, a whole different continent, is something that was, you, you know, you did not see years ago. So I think for him to even understand what would be going on, he would have to like just sit down and like just learn that. But then again, who's really going to sit down and learn all of that if that's not the reality you came from, you know? Well, what's that term? Uh, fear of missing out. Oh, FOMO. FOMO. So do you think in the dating world there's too much FOMO? It's, it's way too much FOMO because a lot of times we, we fear to miss out things that really didn't bring us any value at all. Um, a lot of people are like, oh, well, you know, I could have been with this person, but then this person was right? like, at the end of the day, you know, you're not really missing out on anything special unless, you know, there's some value being brought, you know. There's attractive people everywhere. You're going to find someone that's this attractive or that, you know, has this personality, has this and that, but you can't make that the overarching theme of why you'll never settle, you'll never find somebody, you know. There has to be a time where it's just like, all right, like, you know, what's going to be best for you and not always, oh, this might like like the whole analogy that the grass is green on the on the other side. You can't always have that analogy. Well, if you were talking to yourself, you know your younger self. I think a big message is always your twenties are going to go by a lot faster than you think. Yeah, I could I could definitely agree with that. I mean, you know, it's kind of, I can't put too much into that statement because I'm only 23, so I'm still real young in my 20s. But I can say the years from 
when I started college until now and like being out of college over a year, it's it definitely blew by fast. And um, that that's why I'm so big on, you know, working on what you love. And don't feel too bad. I mean, 23. Wow. That's young. That's you got a lot ahead of you. So mm-hmm. nah, <laughs> don't, nah, that's don't, true. don't feel too bad. <laughs> <laughs> but hey, since you know, you're 23, let's say you got seven more years in your 20s. How would you like to fill those seven years? Man, I, if, if, in all honesty, filling those years, I want to be in a situation where I feel established enough where I can make an impact, whether it's for my family or for just the world in general. You know, it might it might seem like it, it sounds like a rush because you know, granted, like you know, I'm, I would still be pretty much thirty, and I would still have a lot more life to live and a lot more value to bring. But the way my mindset is set right now is like I'm kind of just ready to go out it. I'm ready to bring value to the world, bring value to my family, you know, put my family in a situation where I can provide for them. I've always told my mom and my pops, like, I want to be in a situation where I can repay them for all that they've done for me. I know as a parent, you know, raising your kids is a, like, it's a given, but I want to show my appreciation for that. And that's kind of just been my mindset for a little while now. So seven years from now, I want to I want to be able to accomplish that or at least be on the right path to accomplish that. Mm-hmm. And what are the other things you want to write about and, and just express through your music? So it's, it's so many avenues I want to take because I feel like a lot of my music has been rooted within relationships and dating. And I kind of want to talk about the stages of a relationship, like, you know, the great times, the bad times, you know, the awkward times, the times where you wonder if it's worth it, the times where you feel as though you want it more than your partner. I want to tackle all those subjects, but also tackle into the subjects that I'm talking about on this on this interview right now, you know, expressing how I'm focused on my career and focused on my path, this and that. I want I want everybody to see the full thing because the reason why I'm versatile is not only because I just like doing multiple sounds, but as humans, we don't have one emotion. So I want to be able to capture multiple emotions because as humans, we just have multiple thoughts, multiple different personalities. I want to capture that within my music. Mm-hmm. Well, out of the current artists out there, which one is speaking most to you? <laughs> Um, that's, that's so hard because the, the way, the way I'm, the way I work, I'll listen to some, like, some, like, early 90s R&B one day, and I'll listen to, I don't know, like, some drill music the next day. So, artists that relate to me right now, I think I, I would have to put probably like an artist like a Brent Fiez or another artist by the name of Smino, who's kind of, who's kind of, you know, I feel, I, I feel like he's a very niche sound, mainly not really because of what they say, but because they're true to themselves. Whenever I hear their music, I think, okay, that's a Smino song or like, oh, that's a Brent Fiez song. I'm never told like, oh, you know, they're probably copying this style or they're copying that. It sounds like them. 
And that kind of speaks out to how I want to be as a person. I want to be very true to myself, very blunt and honest. And whether it's past or present, this could be from the 80s, 90s, today. Uh, favorite New Jersey artist? Hmm, favorite New Jersey artist? Hmm, that's hard because... Hmm, favorite New Jersey artist. I would say... Um, I would say Lauren Hill. Um, okay. And I... Like... Her 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 debut album is amazing. The stuff that she's done within music is amazing, and you know I feel like a lot of women in art and music, especially you know she was rapping too. I think she set a big precedent in like you know what it is to be an artist, and not even just gender wise. She she really just made music that was timeless, music that still holds weight today, and I don't think she gets enough of her flowers, even though she doesn't have much discography. The discography that she has and the songs that she's been on, they they all hold way to not only what happened back then, but to the like today. Mm -hmm. Yeah, when you think about how influential she was and how big that album was, and then to see you know the career trajectory after that, mm -hmm. you know, no one has it made. It's like you know, can have one big highlight. It doesn't mean every project is going to be the same. Exactly. That, that, that is very true. Does that encourage you or does that frighten you or or does it make you think, wow, I never want to be on one of these major <laughs> labels because it seems like everyone who breaks out then I'll have some big issue with their label. Well, so, so here's the thing. I'm very 50-50 on that analogy only because here's the thing. Granted, there's definitely situations where, you know, artists get signed and, you know, they don't, they don't have the creativity control. They don't have the ability to do what they want. But I look at it this way. If you bring a certain value to any business, they're going to have to respect you in some certain light. So if you come to a situation where your creative control has given you success and has given you the opportunities already... In that major label, the main thing they're doing is distribution and like, you know, just putting you out there to more eyes and more ears. You're going to have more creative, you're going to have more creative control. Mm -hmm. So that's the way I look at it, per se. Yeah, and it, it, it's always the tough part when you start out creatively and then this whole big business mm -hmm. comes up and say, wow, I got to really learn everything now. Yeah, yeah, that's that very true. Because um, that's, that's the scary thing about music is, like, you know, you could be a great musician. You could be the best singer, best rapper, best performer. But if you don't understand the business, you will still be left behind. And before, you had to know the business and music. Now you have to know about the business, music, how to make a TikTok, how to make an Instagram reel. Like, there's a, there's a lot more pressure of being an artist, but... If anything, pressure fuels me. It makes me work harder. So to answer your other question where you're saying, does it, does it fear me? It, it doesn't really get me scared at all. If, I, if anything, it just makes me want to work harder. And also just early on, learning who you like to work with seems so important. Like, yeah. you, know, you can't know everything when you start out, but the more experience you get, you think, wow, these are the people I respect. These are the people that are easier to work with. 
I'm glad you brought that point because one thing, my, my biggest advice I tell artists is don't do it alone. Like, for years I did it alone. If you could find a team of like-minded people or like at least people that you know are within music, that are into music, you don't have to make a collective like I did, but at least make music around those people because when it's when it's when when it's late at night, you're trying to write a song, you have no motivation, and you have nobody around you to kind of help you get out of that state. Those people that are into music are gonna be able to bring you back up. So many times where I was like, uh, I don't know, like, I don't know about this. They gave me the real. It's like, nah, you need to keep pushing. And doing it alone, yeah, sure you could, but you're playing the game ten times harder, in my opinion. Well, before we start to wrap up here, I want to make sure people know how to find you online. You, you've got, you know, this great lyric video on YouTube. You've got an Instagram page. Uh, where should people look for you online? So um, if you're looking for me on social media, like whether it's Instagram, TikTok, Twitter, and all that, just look up Neon, N-E-O-N, D-E-I-G-E, for all my social medias. For all my music, if you're looking for Spotify, Apple Music, YouTube, all you have to search up is Deej, D-E-I-G-E, and you'll find my stuff there. Um, that's probably the simplest way you could probably find me on, on, on online. You're the first person I've talked to named Deej. I'm really <laughs> curious, where did that name come from? So, in all transparency, um, I really didn't know what to call myself rap-wise. Like, I was sitting there, I'm like, yo, what would be a cool rap name for me? And then, pretty much the, the name Deej was derived from my parents making a nickname for my father. And my father's mom gave it to my grandfather. And I used to be called Lil Deej. So I used to be Big Deej, Lil Deej. My grandfather was Big Deej. I was Lil Deej. And then eventually I just took on the nickname. So it's kind of hard for me to even think about changing the nickname because I've been, I've been called that from family and friends for years. It was to a point where people in school thought that my name was Deej. Like the girl I was dating at the time, people were telling her like, nah, like his name's Deej. But obviously my name's David. So... The name has been so strong for years. It's just like, it just made sense. Well, it's nice to have something that's uniquely your own, because especially with a band, it seems like every name in the world has been taken. Yo, that's, see, listen, and the fact that everybody has, like, you know, certain names, like, like, like Little or, like, like Young in front of their name, it's like, mm-hmm. I was going to take that path, and I'm like, ah, what if someone tries to box me in? So I was like, I'm just going to make my name so left field but it's very simple to type in, that it's not going to be hard to stream me. Well, if you ever become a DJ, it'd be real cool to call yourself DJ Deej. You know, it's funny. You're not, you're not the first person to say that. That's, that's the funny part. I know. Just don't call yourself Lil DJ Deej. See, see if I, see, if I do that, I'm already 23. They don't look at me like I'm crazy. I can't do it. I couldn't do it. What? When is the Lil trend gonna stop? See, it's hard. I can't even joke on it because I got a bunch of artists I listen to that have Lil that I rock with. But, you know, I don't know when that trend's gonna end, you know. I hope hope people do become more creative with the names. That's true. And you know what? Maybe it's just gonna become one of those classic things that'll always be around. Why not? 
I'm about to say you got a little Wayne, so it's like he's such he's such a go in himself. It's kind of people going to follow through with that anyway. Well, last thing I want to talk about is you know you seem so uh, out there, confident, but in your bio you talk about that you were kind of an introvert when you were younger. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. how, how did you uh, transition from being the quiet? kid who writes poetry to becoming this much bolder rapper i could say it in one word is just experience um the more and more you go out there in life and like the more and more you face different situations you t you start to grow out of that because i mean i'll be very blunt from the beginning i was young i was kind of in a very you know secure life you know great parents, great family. I didn't really have much to really worry about. So there really wasn't much for me to really talk about. I didn't have much reason to use a voice because I, I felt comfortable. But I think once I kind of grew older, went through life experiences, I think going to college taught me more to be independent and more vocal because it don't matter what mom and dad say, if they if they a whole state away, I'm in a whole different college I'm with a whole different campus full of different people that I never met. I didn't know them when I was young. I had to stand out. So for me to stand out, I got to talk more. I got to be more vocal. And that's why, you know, the freshman year me and the senior year me were two different types of people. And then also music too. Like music was my way to conversate and to talk because I always was, once again, overthinking. I always felt like I was gonna say something wrong. I was afraid of always saying the wrong thing, afraid of getting someone mad. I would purposely stay quiet because I wanted everybody to like me. But now, you think, yeah. Well, now everyone likes you, of course, because you're, you are Deej, the <laughs> That's true, that's true. But when you're more of an introvert and quiet, do you think you're more of like a fly on the wall and that lets you observe people? And, and you know what? It's funny you say that because I went through three stages of my life. I went through being an introvert. Then I went to, I wouldn't say I was an extrovert, but I was doing a lot to kind of be more open. But now what I do is I have, a, I have an on and off switch. So for example, like if I'm talking to Gary from the label, I, I talk obviously, like I still speak my piece, but Whenever I hear conversations with him, I want to be quiet and listen because, granted, I might know all this music stuff, but he knows the business side. So when he's talking about business, I shut up and I absorb what he's saying. Same goes to, like, you know, my engineer. I absorb what he says and then I put in my input where I want to. But now, now that I've done both sides of the coin, I use both sides to be, okay, you know what? That's when I'm going to be an introvert. That's when I'm going to be an extrovert. Whenever, you know, the best timing. And if you're going to be a songwriter, isn't observing human nature, you know, the best practice for that? Yeah, it, that that's that's very spot on. And it's funny because, like, you know, I'm saying all this stuff about, you know, being an extrovert and all that. A lot of people would still not put me in the extrovert category. But I think for how I used to be and to how I am now, it seems that way, but people still put me in a conversation like, yeah, you know, Deej is very chill. He's very to himself. He gets, he, he really gets in his, you know, I guess, open bag when it comes to music. 
Well, you're still promoting Letter to My Past. You know, it still has a lot of life left. But are you just itching to write more and go back into the studio? Man, I'm itching to drop. I have <laughs> I have a lot of stuff in the tuck, and I'm really big on consistency. So I'm gonna always keep pushing that song. But like, I'm 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 pushing the narrative. I'm pushing the DJ name. I don't want to just sit on one song and then kind of just you know push it, push it, push it. I kind of want to keep showing the value, and then let the let the fans decide which is the one. Even though I have faith alert in my past, like that's probably one of my favorite songs I made in recent time. But I know I got more in me. Well, I want to give you the last word here, and and going back to your song and talking about your personal ambitions taking priority over your romantic entanglements. <laughs> <laughs> what what advice would you give? young men your age maybe you know coming out of high school you know going into their early 20s who you know they're young they want to have fun but at the same time they don't want to miss out on you know starting a career mm-hmm. or going to school so what's your advice on how they can balance that my best advice is is plan um a lot of times we live in such a world that's very fast you know, things change every day, you know, the news changes every day, music changes every day. But take the time to slow down and plan. Because here's the thing, if you have your life planned out or like, or like you're at least planning certain parts in your life, you could say, okay, I'm gonna work on my passion for these days, have fun these days. Or, okay, I'm gonna go out to that club this Friday, but I'm gonna make sure Monday through Wednesday, I'm working on what I wanna do. So, you know, when it comes to balance, it's all about planning because when you do stuff in the moment, trust me, it's a lot of fun stuff you can do in the moment. But when you have a set plan, you also create discipline and discipline is what really is lacking. I feel like in a lot of men. So if you're disciplined enough to just say, all right, cool, I'm gonna have fun these days, work these days, take a break these days. I feel as though you're already beating out a large percentage of just people in general. But if you take too long and become rich and famous, then women will only want you for your money and your fame. So if you lock in a girlfriend now, she'll always love you for for who you were before you hit it big. You know, wow. Scary you said that. I literally had this conversation with a friend of mine the other day. That's crazy you just said that. Well, maybe you can strike the balance and be rich and famous and they can see beyond that and still like you for Deej back when he was the shy kid. I mean, hey, you know, you never know. I know. I'm not I'm not I'm not I'm not telling men don't date. Just just know that chasing for something, you know, all all goes to, you know, positive energy, you know, just what comes to you will come to you. You don't have to chase until it drives you crazy. That's that's the main thing. Well, his name is Deej. The current project is Letter to My Past. Encourage everyone to watch that on YouTube, absorb the lyrics, check out the great visuals with it. And hey, I think you're doing New Jersey proud and I'm gonna follow your career and can't wait to see what you put out next. Man, I, I truly appreciate it. I, tr- I appreciate the, like the, 
even having the platform to even speak on my music and just myself. So thank you.